What name could contain such a glory? In the cool breezes of Eden, brought from the infant earth, one arose, the voice of his creator speaking his identity to life. Adam, man. And as heaven waited short with breath, the creator spoke yet another, Eve mother of all the living. So it was with Abraham, named in the promise as the father of nations, Peter, the rock upon which the church would stand. The name called to life the destiny within. The name set the stage for all that was to come. And unto us a child was born. And what name could contain his glory? For he was mighty God, as the universe gasped into being, flinging rays of light from his presence to pierce the void, to shatter the shadows to a tapestry of color. And he is mighty God, shattering our darkness, revealing our light, our truth in him. He was everlasting father when orphaned Israel needed a father's touch. When we, with grief-stricken cheeks, need the embrace of one who never leaves. When we have lost our way to dark horizons, it is our everlasting Father who lights the way home. He is Prince of Peace. When, like Elijah, we need the still small voice in the turmoil's midst. When, like David, we need the melodies of his presence to soothe our troubled minds. He is sanctuary within our trials, shepherd guiding us to still waters. And yes, he is wonderful counselor, God who gives counsel in the chaos, crafting disorder into calm and failure into beauty. He is a voice for the voiceless. He is dignity for the stateless soul. It is he who raised up a lowly shepherd to become a king took the fishermen of Galilee and made them leaders of history. It is the counselor who redeems our lost years, breaking chains that have kept dreams imprisoned and joy confined. The name reaches across eternity, exclaimed by the splendors of galaxies, sung by the passions of angels, roared in heaven's fervor, exalted in creation's unfettered rejoicing. What name could contain him? What title? What soul renowned? For this is our wonderful counselor. This is our mighty God. This is our everlasting Father, our Prince of Peace. What name could contain Emmanuel, God with us? Yahweh, the great I am. What name could contain the word of life, the light of the world, the king of kings, the Lord of all? We bow to the name that holds every other in its matchless worth. What name could contain such a glory? What name but Jesus? We cry Jesus. We cry holy is the name. Wow.
That was intense. Well, that is what we're talking about today. Merry Christmas, by the way. Um, we, we are talking about the name above all names, the name of Jesus. But, we, but God does have, how many, who knows how many names God has? God has over a hundred names, and each one of those names describes a different part of his personality or his character, like El Roy is the God who sees, Jehovah Jireh is the all-sufficient God, um, Elohim is the all-powerful creator God, but Yahweh is the name that, that God used when he wanted to describe himself to others. And Yahweh is the God that comes near, the God that keeps his promises, the, the intimate God who wants to have a relationship with us. That is Yahweh. And it's used over 6,500 times in the original language. And so today we are going to be talking about um, the name that is above every other name. But I want to set the stage just a little bit before we get into that. Um, we are going to talk today actually about somebody in the Christmas story that often gets overlooked, even though they play a really significant role in this. But what was happening 733 years before Jesus was even born, there was a prophecy given in the book of Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 9, and it says, nevertheless, the time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. Do you feel like we're in a time of darkness and despair right now? Do you feel like things are getting worse or is it just me? Darkness and despair, but here's the promise. The time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. Woo, can you shout out? Yes. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in the land of deep darkness, a light will shine. There is hope. There is hope. It says here, because a child, in verse 6, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. How many could use a Wonderful Counselor right about now? Yeah? The one who knows all things, he knows everything, he knows everything about you, he created you, he knows everything about you and everything about everything. Don't you think that'd be a, a, a well-equipped counselor? Yeah, he's wonderful, wonderful counselor. He's the mighty God. He's in charge of everything. He rules and he reigns over everything. He's the everlasting father. I lost my dad a year and a half ago, and I'm so thankful that I have a father who's my everlasting father. And he's a good, good father. He is a good Abba, a good Papa. He's not... Like many of our earthly dads, he is a perfect father. Um, and my favorite one, the Prince of Peace. Who could use some peace right about now? Why don't we take a deep breath? Exhale. Cleansing breath. <laughs> In Luke 1, verse 31. Okay, so if you haven't ever heard the story, there was a young lady named Mary, and she had favor with God and with humans, and she was just going about her business. She was just kind of probably doing her chores. She was betrothed to a guy named Joseph. Joseph was a righteous man, and in those days, when you were engaged to somebody, I mean, you didn't really get to choose who you were going to marry. You didn't get to choose. Usually what would happen was a couple would 
become betrothed, and then the, the man would go and build an extra room on his parents' house or, or build an, even maybe another house. You can still see it in Israel today that the houses have all these additions on them. But he would go away and prepare a place for her, and then he would come back and get her. Well, what happened was while, while they were um, betrothed, they were probably not together, and Mary was visited by an angel. And this angel said to her in verse 31, you will conceive and give birth to a son. Now keep in mind here, she is a, a young girl, maybe 13 or 14 years old. She has never slept with a man. And here an angel comes and says, you're going to conceive a child and you're going to give birth. Now that is a weird, weird message to get from an angel, don't you think? And don't you know that sometimes God calls us to do weird things? Anybody with me on this? Sometimes God calls us to do weird things, but here, you'll conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus, which means, remember I told you Yeshua is the name that God most often used to describe himself 6,500 times in the Old Testament. This is Jesus or Yeshua, and it means Jesus is salvation. He is the one who came to save. It says he'll be very great, and he will be called the son of the most high. There was a book called Science Speaks by a man named Peter Stoner, and he was talking about there are over 300 prophecies about Jesus Christ. And the, the, um, the chances of any one human being fulfilling all of these prophecies is enormous. It is 10 to the 17th power, which means a one and 17 zeros. That's the chances of one person fulfilling these prophecies that, have, that, were, that foretold his birth. Now, for those of you who are visual and want to understand what that is like, that is like if you have silver dollars. Anybody remember the silver dollar? If you had silver dollars that covered the entire state of Texas two feet high, and you took one of the silver dollars and you put a mark on it and threw it in with the bunch and then put a blindfold on someone and said, go ahead and find that. And if you find that, you'll get a prize. That is what the odds are that one person could fulfill over 300 prophecies. When you get to even three of these, it, it becomes 10 to the 52nd power. So, I mean, it's phenomenal that 733 years before Jesus was born, there was a prophecy given that a virgin, a woman who had never slept with a man, would become pregnant and she would have she would give birth to a son. And it says, he will be very great and called the son of the most high. This is who God is. Jesus Christ is God in human form. God Almighty, the creator of the heavens and the earth, came to earth in bodily form, in the form of a little baby in a manger named Jesus, or Jehovah, Yeshua, whatever, what, any of these names, Joshua. And this is how he was born. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
Matthew 1.18, it says, this is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. Messiah just means Christ, or one who is coming to save. Israel had been waiting and waiting and waiting. They were under the Babylonian tyranny. They were slaves. They were in the captivity of Babylon, and the Babylonians were a godless nation. They were evil. And so the Israelites were yearning for their Messiah. They were yearning for the one who had come to save them, for their Christ. Many still are. They don't recognize that Jesus is Messiah. But it says, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's how this is possible. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Supernatural. This is a miraculous conception. Immaculate conception, they say. And it says... Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man, and he didn't want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. So, so a lot of scholars believe that what had happened here was that Mary had gone to her relative's house, Elizabeth, who was an elderly woman, who had also found out she was pregnant. And while Mary was there, she stayed about three months before she came back. So jo there was no way for her and Joseph to communicate. And so here, Joseph thinks he knows her, and then she comes comes back, she's like, okay, so um, by the way, um, I'm pregnant. What would your first thought be? She cheated on him, right? Wouldn't you think that? That would be my first thought. So Joseph, being a righteous man, being a good guy, he says, you know what? There, there were three ways that he could have dealt with her, and Joseph chose the kindest, is just to put her away quietly. And so while he was considering this, he was, he was visited by an angel in a dream. Joseph, son of David, verse 20, the angel said, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. This is wacky stuff, but this is happening in a dream, and it's explaining to Joseph, of how Mary could say to him with a straight face, I seriously did not sleep with anyone else. I mean, I'm sure that was hard for him not to, not to suspect. It says, um, and she will have a son and you name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. That is why God came to earth in the form of humanity because we need to be saved. We cannot save ourselves. We cannot be righteous on our own. We can't just make the decision not to sin. Um, it says he will save the people from their sins. So what is sin? Sin is just not being as perfect as God. So how many of us fall into that category? Huh? Um, I, I'll ask the question, how many of you have ever told a lie? Okay, those who have their hands down, you are included in this list. Okay, how many of you have ever stolen anything? We're not gonna, we don't have any police officers here that I know. How many of you have ever looked at someone else and lusted after them? How many of you have ever looked at someone's car and thought, I want that car? <clears throat> how many of you have taken the Lord's name in vain? See, the, the, these are just the top 10. Like, this is the 10 commandments. These are the things that define, at the time, what sin these are, that's what sin is. Sin is falling short of God's perfection. That's all it is. And we need saving from that because we can't stop. How many of you have ever been angry? If every hand doesn't go up in here, I'm going to definitely not trust y'all. <laughs> it says he will save his people from their sins. And all of this 
occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. That is, this is in Isaiah chapter 7. Again, 733 years before Jesus is born, it says, Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. Here's one of the names of God, which means God is with us. That's his goal. God wants to be with you. God wants to hang out with you. God wants you to know him because he is for you. And let me just say, he is not mad at you. God is not mad at you. Turn to your neighbor and say, he might be mad at you, though. No, I'm just kidding. Not really, not really. God is not mad at you. God is, he longs to be with us. I was telling the story, I, um, when my kids were just little, um, I, I had a friend call me and she said, how would you like to go to Hawaii with me for two weeks if I pay for everything? And I said, twist my okay. <laughs> and so I went to Hawaii for two weeks, but I had these little kids. And when I was away from them, I yearned for them. I longed to be with them. I could not wait to be back here so I could be with my kids. How much more does a perfect, loving, faithful, kind, gracious, generous, merciful God want to be with you? He wants to be with you. But there's something that separates us from God, and that is our sin. And the way to get that obstacle out of the way is simply to believe. You know what the requirements are to come to God? You need to be lowly, weary, burdened, broken, sinful, hopeless, helpless. Those are the requirements to come to Jesus, to believe. All you have to do is believe that he went to the cross and paid the price for your sins so that you can spend eternity in heaven with God and that you can have hope right now, that you can have a life that is filled with peace and joy and hope, and that even if you're going through a trial, even if you're going through a hardship, you can still know that there's a reason, there's a purpose, and there is a God of hope who loves you and is for you. Amen? And that is why Jesus came to earth. As a little tiny baby, he humbled himself and he became a little tiny baby. This is our message of hope. Philippians 2, verse 6, it says, even though Jesus was God, he didn't think equality with God is something to, to cling to, but instead he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and he was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God, died a criminal's death on the cross, and therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name that is above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue or in heaven and on earth, and every tongue will declare, Jesus Christ is Lord, Kurios, God Almighty, Mighty God, Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father. This is Jesus. And he is going to be worshipped. People are going to recognize. They are going to stand before him. They're going to bow before him, and they are going to declare, He is Lord. Whether you know him or not, 
This is what's going to happen. Every knee will bow. You cannot be neutral about Jesus. Either you are for him or you are against him. And this isn't my opinion. This is his. This is what he says. If you're not for me, you're against me. You cannot walk out of here today and say you haven't heard this message, that you haven't heard the truth, that if you have not received Jesus, if you have not been forgiven for your sins, if you have not opened your heart to, to surrender to him, you are going to stand before him or actually you're going to kneel before him and you're going to go, he's Lord. He is the Lord. And if you don't know him, he is going to say, I don't know you. And we are all going to live forever, but we're either going to live in the glory of God united with Christ in the heavenlies, or we are going to spend an eternity apart from God. You know, there's that joke that people always say when you talk about hell. They're like, well, I don't mind going to hell. That's where all my friends are going to be anyway. Anybody ever heard that? Or do you not hang out with low lowlifes like I do? Anyway, <laughs> I've heard that joke so many times. But the reality of it is, yes, your friends might be there, but you're not going to be hanging out with anybody. You are going to be in isolation and darkness and despair and regret for eternity. Eternity with the burden of your own sins weighing on you. This is actually the beginning of the gospel, which is called good news. The good news is we have all sinned. We have all fallen short of God's glory, but... God himself came to earth, went to the cross, and paid the penalty so that we could be reconciled to God and that we could live together to it forever in all eternity. Amen? And that is why we cry out for Jesus. We cry out for God's mercy. In Matthew 1, 23, it says, they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. He wants to be with us. He wants to be with us. You know, we're going to sing a song now um, called O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. This is a, a yearning for Emmanuel. It's a, it's a yearning for Jesus to come back, for God to come back, for God to meet us. You know, we yearn for his return. Those of us that know him, we can't wait till he comes back. And this song, this is an ancient song. Um, they don't actually even know who the original author was, but it was, it was discovered, um, well, I won't say recently, several hundred years ago. But it, it normally has seven verses, and it's a poem. And so each of the, the verses stands for something, which means I will be present with you tomorrow. And that is the promise that Emmanuel gives us, is that he will be with us. I'm going to read you a couple of the verses, and I want you, as we, you're just going to um, listen to us, we're just going to sing it for you, and then we're going to sing all together, we're going to sing Silent Night with the candles. Um, but here's the, here are some of the verses. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel. Ransom is, you know, when someone's kidnapped, they pay, you pay a ransom. Jesus is our ransom. He paid the penalty for our sins so that we could have eternal life and ransom captive Israel, Israel in bondage to Babylon, to a tyrant. And many of us are in bondage to a cruel master too, aren't we? With addictions, depression, anxiety, stress. 
ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. We are Israel. Those of us who are chosen by God, we know God. We are represented by Israel. O come, thou rod of Jesse, free thine own from Satan's tyranny. From depths of hell, thy people save and give them victory over the grave. O come, thou dayspring, which, is, which means like, a, like dawn. It means like a new era. It means like being born again of the Spirit of God. O come, thou dayspring, come and cheer us by thy drawing nigh. Disperse the gloomy clouds of night and death's dark shadows put to flight. Jesus overcame sin and death. And if you are in Christ, if you know Jesus, you have given your heart to Jesus, you are released from the law of death. You will never die. You will live forever. Physically, you will die. We will all die. But we will spend an eternity with him in heaven when we accept him and receive his forgiveness. Disperse the gloomy clouds of night and death's dark shadows put to flight. We don't need to fear death. I am not afraid of dying. As a matter of fact, I look forward to it because I cannot wait to be in his presence. You know, all of eternity or all of history is divided between before Christ, BC, and after his death, right? I have, an, I have a BC Jody, a wicked, evil, selfish horrible human being on the outside I was pretty nice but inside I was a wreck and when Jesus revealed himself to me he radically transformed my life he changed me he gave me hope he gave me purpose he gave me compassion and mercy and I was born again I became a completely different person do you have an AD have you died to the old self or are you still your own God? Because remember, everybody worships. Who do you worship? Everybody's created to worship. Whatever you think most about, whatever you focus on, whatever you fixed your eyes on, that is what you worship. And God says, I will have no other gods before me. I will have no other gods before me. The last verse I'm going to read here. Oh, come thou key of David. Come and open wide our heavenly home. In those days, King David, you, if you were an authority, you would wear a key on your shoulder as a, as a significance that you are an important person. And David had a key. And it's saying, come and open wide our heavenly home. Make safe the way that leads on high. And close the path to misery. Rejoice. Rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Mm -hmm.